How do you know you're up to date? When you follow EMS World, you answer that question with confidence. Because when we say EMS World, we mean the whole world of EMS. The remaining question for you is how will you stay up to date? In print, online, at EMS World Expo, the world's largest EMS dedicated conference, and now in a podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the EMS Garage and the EMS World Podcast. We're actually coming to you from the EMS World Expo 2019 in lovely New Orleans. Did you, have you conned out storms? Anyway, uh, apparently there's some stuff you can do out here. It's, it's a lot of fun. I'm Chris Monterey, your host, and I'm joined today by David Lacombe. He's the vice president of RQI with the AHA, correct? That's exactly right. Awesome. So... I went on the website, I learned about, because I looked up RSI and that was wrong, uh, because that's a different thing. That's a whole other thing, exactly. So what does RQI stand for? RQI is simply Resuscitation Quality Improvement. Okay. And this is a partnership between the American Heart Association and Laird All Medical. Okay. And we're committed to doubling witnessed out-of-hospital cardiac arrest by 2025. We know we could do it. Okay, but what if there's no witness? Well... Um, most cardiac arrests occur in the home. Correct, and, right. And, and so that, right off the bat, is, is an obstacle. Right. And in the instances where somebody can witness a cardiac arrest and start CPR immediately, we extend the window by which EMS can arrive and, you know, resuscitate somebody. Right. And so those other individuals who aren't witnessed, this is a whole other thing that we're waiting for the science to catch up. And we're wi- while we're waiting to figure out how to preserve brains for longer than 10 minutes... Mm. We have a window that we can act on today, right. right, with the people who are witnessed and really refining that. And that's what we're all about. Right. So when you're talking about the quality improvement side of it, how do you, how do you get people in the community to buy into that? Is it, is it through the local uh, EMS agency, or are we talking at a bigger level through a system approach? When I went to paramedic school in 1987, uh, I remember seeing uh, uh, an illustration of the chain of survival. Oh, yeah. You know, the, yeah, I remember. the circles, yeah. right? And I started in 86, so I guess. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so you look at that and you go, oh, that's kind of interesting. And as time goes by, you realize that it's nowhere near that simple. There's right. a lot of complexity. And in most communities, there's no one entity mm. or individual that kind of owns the outcome for cardiac arrest. We have every community doing EMS a little bit differently, and we understand that. Uh, But in some places, it's led by the fire department or the hospital, the EMS, or a combination of all of them. And so to answer your question, how do you get people excited about this? It usually starts off with the first person who actually takes a stand and says, enough is enough. We've got to do something more. Outcomes have been relatively flat over the past couple of decades. So you start there. And through a series of activities of just you know, starting to question business as usual, you can start to uncover pretty easily opportunities to improve. So with RQI, do you, do you expect the communities to be involved with CARES? And is that a great way for them to get started by entering data into CARES so they can see, they can, they can benchmark themselves and look at themselves in that way? It's almost impossible to really substantially improve if you're not measuring your performance, right? right? And so CARES is the tool that we have today, right? And with the growing number of states that are participating in CARES, this is where we need to focus our energy. Right, right. right. Well, and I think, 
at least believe that we probably need some sort of initiative, at least from Nemesis or something, to make it a part of the data set. I think that's that's where we've got to go, right? Because there's yes. no there's no way we're going to be able to get this involved. We're not going to be able to get this in every state without some sort of nationally led initiative. No, you're absolutely correct. We feel the same way. Without system integration, right. this always feels like a really heavy lift, right? Right. And so, like in all big change, crawl, walk, run. What can we do today nice. while we're waiting for perfection? Because if we stand back and wait for perfection, there's going to be a whole lot more people who aren't going to enjoy, you know, the you know uh, the next day of living. Right. So we have to act today with what we have. So in the latest uh, CARES report, uh, we were featured in that, which was pretty awesome. But uh, the, I. I so David, tell me about CARES and what the survival rate is nationally. The agencies participating in CARES nationally overall, all comers with cardiac arrest, right. is like 10.3, 10.4%. The Ustine survival, so we're talking specifically about cardiac arrest that's witnessed and CPR is more than likely started, is 33.3%, which really lends a lot of credibility to if we can activate bystanders quickly, and they can prolong that window for EMS right. to come in that we see really remarkable outcomes. And how many of those patients do you see that start out in asystole and then the, somebody does CPR for a minute or two and they get a shockable rhythm? Has that been studied or do you guys yeah, look at that? Yeah, so you can track it. It's, it's not the optimal journey. Correct, right? correct, right, right. Um, but there's a lot of reasons why somebody could be in asystole and it's not right. necessarily have to be, you know, a, a death sentence. Right. Um, you know, we're, we're not talking about just electrical activity in the heart. We're talking about brain functionality. Yes. So if for some reason they were in a systole, CPR were to be started, um, it's, it's better than doing nothing. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Terrible. We can do better. So why then in the hospitals, in a facility, are they seeing, they have a tenfold increase over what we see in the field? I mean, why, why is it so much better in a facility? It's actually not true. Out of, uh, in hospital, cardiac arrest survival is at 25%. Really? Yeah. Interesting. So it's, it's not quite as high as we think it is, right? And, and this is not this is about the same types of things. There is a in-hospital chain of survival as well, right. right? So we need to recognize and we need to, you know, perform flawless resuscitations. And um, that's really the foundation for why we decided to focus so much on this. Hmm. Um, with incremental and persistent, you know, emphasis on quality improvement, hospitals and out-of-hospital can see marked increase in survival. So what's the first step in, after, after we start measuring data, what's the first step in quality improvement? So um, measuring data gets you only so far. Right. It's gonna tell you what your outcomes are. But from a process standpoint, right, the, the chain of survival is a series of processes, right? right? Like in any chain of operations, there's lots of things that have to happen. And I think um, any community that's serious about you know, improving survival would certainly be measuring. And if you're not in CARES yet and you're working towards it, spreadsheets are fine. Start measuring. Right. But then you got to get into the nuts and bolts. How do things really work? And for us, that means participating in a cardiac arrest system assessment, where we bring leading experts in resuscitation operations. We're not talking about theoretical scientists. We're talking about people who get their hands dirty and they're in, you know, in the trenches, who look at each phase of the chain of survival and start to uncover things. And we really got to focus on three areas things that led or lead to speed in delivering care, things that lead to high quality care, mm -hmm. and sustainability. What we'll see in some communities is you get a champion, they're super motivated, and as an individual, they're making a lot of 
change, right. but it's really dependent on that person. And so they get promoted or they retire or they move on. And, you know, subsequently the organization, the community, you know, slips. So um, speed, quality, and sustainability are really important. Nice. So to answer your question, the first thing you would do is just figure out where are their gaps. And communities can't do everything, right? EMS is incredibly burdened with a lot of things it has to do. But we believe strongly that if you were to focus efforts, you're already responding to these calls. What if we just did it in a different way? Or what if we made sure that the way that we do it is high quality? Right. So figure out that next actionable thing that your community should do that would yield the biggest impact. Nice. So I know in our community, when we look at things like using PulsePoint and all these other things that are great tools, but I think you, you've kind of nailed it where it's, it is one, it's a tiny process involvement, improvement that then leads to the next one, that leads to the next one with hopefully an increased yeah. survival. You're absolutely right. This is complex. And I believe that one of the reasons why some communities haven't been able to get to that next level is the complexity sometimes feels so great right. that what do I do next? Maybe I'll focus on something simpler. Or it just hasn't gotten to a point where there's enough energy and commitment within that community to do something. And we believe strongly, once you know what to do, then it's, it's easier to act. When right. you don't know what to do, where do you start? So what's, the goal? So what's your goal? I mean, what that nobody ever dies of cardiac arrest? Yep. I mean, is that, is, that, is that the, I mean, can you say that that's like the panacea of where the AHA and RGI yep. wants to So be? I think there's a balance between being a visionary and somebody who gets things done, right? Right. If, if we just said we stand for a little bit of incremental improvement, that's not inspiring, right? right? We are looking to do a moonshot, right? JFK didn't say, oh, we'll pursue great technological advances for a little while until we get tired of it. Nor did he say, everybody's going to the moon, right? right? You have to move a nation. You have to move a group of people who feel strongly like we could do much better, right? right? So it's just not practical to think that everybody's going to live forever and that no one's going to die right. from cardiac arrest. But we really, as professionals, should seriously ponder the question, when an individual dies from witnessed out-of-hospital cardiac arrest, did the system fail them? Right. Was there a failure to deliver optimal care for that person? And sometimes there are physiologic problems, comorbidities that just nobody could do anything about, right? right? right. But if we take the mindset of, there's nothing we could do, we're not going to move the dial. Right. right. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. So, David, where can people find out information about RQI and about AHA and all the great stuff that's going on in that, yep. in that space? Simply, rqipartners.com. And we have a hospital section and a pre-hospital section. Nice. In the pre-hospital section, we'll tell you all about what we're up to. David Lacombe, thank you so much. Thanks for joining me. And, My pleasure. Um, how can people get in touch with you if they want more information? Well, you can uh, email me directly. Oh, David.lacombe yeah. at rqipartners.com. Perfect. That's awesome. Thank you, David. I really Thank appreciate you, your time. Appreciate it. And I'm Chris Monterra here with the EMS Garage and the EMS World Podcast Series coming to you from EMS World Expo 2019.